0: This is a Freedom Church sermon, and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media, and other resources. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, and I shall pray too. Lord, I just ask you to help me. And uh, we we just want to see more of you, Lord, through this. Take us beyond what's written down. And um, expand us. Um, yeah, Jesus has um, stuff for people today. He has substance for you. It's probably a better thing to say. And as you open your hearts, as you say yes to that, he's going to give you something. Now, and if you're not used to writing stuff down, um, I suggest you do. Because even if you never look at it again you'll remember more of it. Um, So, I just suggest you do that. Okay, just bear with me, chat amongst yourselves, get yourselves comfy. Whilst we're waiting, um, last week, We prayed for a lot of people at the front here. And I just want to give opportunity for testimony. If anybody has a testimony that they just want to share briefly regarding being prayed for and an outcome. And whilst you're thinking about being brave, um, I will share a testimony because I came out to be prayed for. And I didn't get prayed for. I wanted to get stuck in and pray for others. And... um, We prayed for Mike, whose knee was not great. So we pray for any change in your knee? Any improvements? Not yet. Well, I went out for a knee too. And my knee has been better. It's not 100%, but it is getting better. Is there a message in that? Well, praise God. Just press in for whatever you came for, because we will have breakthroughs. We do believe that. Oh, come on. I um, last week I had a really bad shoulder, it was really stiff and really tight um, and I got prayed for and it's a lot looser and a lot less painful so that's really good but also the other thing is as well, I think it was like Stuart's saying it's the opportunity for people to pray for me, I know Jude came up and prayed for me and I think you know as a body it's important to have opportunities, if you feel pressed to pray for somebody just go for it, you know we've got such a gift inside of us and such a power so don't hold back, just just go for it so it's twofold testimony for me. Right excellent anybody else okay well if you want to interrupt me feel free now I'm dealing with two things and technology and more bits of paper than normal so I need grace and the the lip on this thing isn't big enough for me things tend to slip off quite easily okay so last week I said hey this is really good thank you Gary for what you shared with us passionately and inspired us Um, I really feel that what I'm bringing today is building on that, which is also building on what Ian brought the week before. So just to remind you, because I was thinking, well, I can't even remember what Ian brought. What did he bring? I can't remember. Well, I wasn't in, actually. We were in kids' work, so there we go. We did listen to it afterwards. Um, But he was talking about drawing on the love of God to be receivers of his love and carriers of his presence. And we must receive his love first to be of any use. That's a principle, even whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when we couldn't do anything, we had to be receivers. We've got to receive something first. Um, And he was also saying that God is longing to answer the prayers of the church of this nation, but is restricted by pride. Okay, we'll come back to touch on that again. Gary was talking about a mighty God that wants intimate relationship with us. And it's time to be casting our nets. It's time for the the stuff to happen. At his command, we will reap the harvest. So it's about fellowship and relationship. So what I'm going to bring today is very much building on this. And I want you to understand that God has a momentum that's building amongst us. It's not just, oh, we go to church on Sunday and God says something and that's great. I got blessed and I go off into my own little world and carry on as normal. I want to be changed. I want my week to be influenced by a Sunday morning. Yes. Not to say God can't move anywhere else, but I want this to be a place where something really happens. Yes. So that's what I'm hoping and praying this morning. And I want to share with you a word that gave, God gave to me in the middle of the night, about March 8th, I think it was. And I woke up, it must have been about 2 o'clock in the morning, I was wide awake. I was just like, wide awake. I thought, like, great. All right, God, I'm wide awake. I'll just, i just listen. What are you saying? And he started talking. And this is what he said to me. What's on the screen? He said, I want to be number one. He said, I want to be number one. He said, I want to be number one. The word he brought me carried such import, if you like. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't seeking after God. I just put myself in a place. Now, I would just like to say, in the middle of the night, if you do get disturbed and woken up, it's a thin place. And by that I mean, you can sense God talking so much better than in the busyness of daytime. It's it's. Weird. It isn't really. It's God. But it's amazing. It's a thin veil. And he will come and speak. And so this is what he said to me. And I don't know what's next. And I can't peep to see what's coming up, to see whether to flick it next. and Whatever. Shall I dare? Shall I do it? Oh. (laughs) What a surprise. I'm trying to underscore this because... It wouldn't have been what I would have said. But God is trying to get a message through. He's trying to say something to us about what it means to give him first place. So really, to summarise, he said, I want to be always number one. Now, for each of us, that will mean something very different. It might send us down avenues of striving and thinking, what can I do harder? What can I do more of? What can I I make and do and build to make God number one in my life? But that's not what it's about. And I, I thank you, Liz, for sharing what you shared, because it just encapsulated really the heart of what this word is about. That Jesus wants us to be enraptured with Him. So it isn't hard to make Him number one. We're so delighted in Him that we just want to get time with Him. We want to shut out the world and say, Jesus, speak to me. I want to hear you. I want to read your word. I want to study your word. It's just so magnificent, this word. I want what you have for me, I want to know you more deeply. Always number one. And he wasn't wagging his finger. I want to be number one in your life. He's just saying it. And when God speaks, it carries this, this thing which only God carries when he speaks. No other voice has it. But when God speaks, it has this awesome but it's more than the words he's saying. It has this power to change you, has this power to flatten all your arguments. He doesn't even he never argues with you, does he? He doesn't bother. He just says one word. You ask him a whole ream of questions. He says one thing. it doesn't answer any of those questions. It's just flaws. you think, I was asking the wrong question. God brings another perspective. So, he didn't just say, I want to be number one, but he said some other stuff too. And I probably always want people to hear the words I share (laughs) and let them resonate like any preacher does. When you feel God said something, it carries that weight that you heard it and you know what it's like to hear it. But I'm giving it to you secondhand. But I want a big highlighter pen. This is what he said next. And I really want you to, if I can say it, here we go. People, before I say it, it is not beyond us. Okay. It is not out of reach. God never expects us to do something we can't do. Or maybe he does, but in the flesh life we can't, and that's exactly where he wants us to be, not in your strength. God, I can't do it. He says, good, let me do it in you. (sighs) What I'm going to share, I will get to it, will mean you need to go away and you need to think about your life with God. What I'm going to share is not condemnation. Okay? God never condemns. He convicts, which is a very different thing. It's like, uh uh-uh. And he draws you out. That when he speaks, he does something in the words that you know you're found out, but you know he's actually pointing you to the doorway out. So this is for us as a congregation to consider and weigh before him. As I say, it's not about being condemned. It's not about working harder. But understand what heaven is saying. So he then went on to say, after saying, I want to be number one. He said, you are calling and praying for my will, my plan for you, for your next steps. And I am eager to respond and answer. But I need you to prepare the foundation and the ground for me to do what you are crying for me to do. Do you want me to repeat it? Yes. You are calling and praying for my will, my plan for you, for your next steps. And I'm eager to respond and answer. But I need you to prepare the foundation and the ground for me to do what you cry to me for. Now when he said that, he reminded me of this building, the St. John's Centre. And I was... I don't know whether there's the word privileged enough or not, I don't know. But I was there when it was being built, not literally standing there 24-7. But I was around. How many re- people remember the demolishing of what... I was trying to remember what was there before, and it was, I can't remember. Some nondescript 60s building, I think. But it was flattened to the ground. And more than that... And that, by the way, is the not the St. John Centre, but it's the other one down the Pineapple Building the Victoria, whatever it is, being built. Victoria Gate, thank you. Um, it was like this. So can you see ground level there? Oh, it's not... Should we turn the lights out? Can you? So I don't know whether you can make that out, but I can see. Noah, you can get up and You can see it. It's because you want You could look there if you wanted. It's a much better picture. Okay, so I don't know whether you can make out... Ground level is somewhere up there. Okay, and it's another 20 foot plus down. And these things are kind of steel girders, poles, whatever's, pylons, all oh, right, very good on the technical words now, piles even, thank you very much, Sarah, um, being driven down even further into the ground. And the thing is, you can't see them today, can you? They're out of view, out of sight. And I remember standing and looking, you could look through the sort of little Windows in the, the billboards around to peer in and see. And I remember God showing me this is what foundations are about. You've got to go deep. You've got to go well down to the bedrock, to the secure place. And that's where the foundation is laid. And then it's hidden forever until they demolish and rebuild. And it's easy to not be able to see someone's foundation until you get to know them, until you get to know Do you know, nothing shakes them. What is it about them? So God was showing me this, that we had to go deep below road level, deep down. All these large metal grid-like structures around, which concrete was then poured into. And funny towers were being built, and I think this must have been the lift shafts or something. And that one, if you can see that one, that's even further down, isn't it? And look how deep that's going, way down here. And that, all the way up there, the car's parked. That's massive, isn't it? I don't know what that building is. But that's mega. That must be 60, 70 foot down into the ground. And that, that is stairs going all the way up to the surface. So God was saying that the foundations must be prepared in order to hold up the building that will rise above it. Now when you look in the natural realm, it's obvious and easy and it's like, oh yeah, so a primary school kid would know that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. But for us in the spiritual realm, the same truth holds true. But it's much harder to grasp and get your head around and understand what what are spiritual foundations. And I've just got a few things that just came to mind, but it's not exhaustive. But the foundations of prayer, faith, knowing how to fight, and how to make our stand against attack, how to be violent in the spiritual realm. These are all foundations that we have to be Strong in. We have to learn how to do these things. For until these things are in place, the building cannot rise up. For if we don't know how to stand, whatever we try to build will be knocked down. What I'm saying is really sobering. But it's not beyond us, is what I'm saying. And I don't want us to go away and nasal gave and be all, oh, no, no, no. It's take it to heart. The reason God is saying this is because there are going to be people. There are people right now waiting for salvation. They are just waiting. We are going to be the people. Well, we talked about Lazarus just now, didn't we? Lazarus, come forth, take off the grave clothes Jesus did not remove the grave clothes off Lazarus. Who did? The family, the disciples, the people around him. Jesus commanded them take off the grave clothes. Excuse me. What they used to do with the body was wrap it up in these cloths and put them in the tomb. Maybe some other stuff too, I don't really know. But you can imagine Lazarus doing this. He couldn't really see, he couldn't really breathe, he was probably choking. Take off the grave clothes. I mean, you can imagine (laughs) the hilarity of it. But there are people out there like this, who are actually laid flat in death and sin, but when we speak a word of life to them and Holy Spirit comes in, they're going to be... Woo, but they're going to be bound up. They're going to be tied to, in knots and all sorts of things. I mean, there will be some supernatural deliverances for sure. But the point I'm making, I'm sure you can see, we are the ones who are going to untangle the rest. They can, once they start to get free, they can start to take things off themselves, can't they? And lose themselves. And we have that power too, I just want to say. We have power to loose ourselves from stuff. You might not think you do, but you do. There is power because the one who is in you is greater than he was in the world. But he would have you think otherwise. He would have you live in deception and lies as long as he can keep you there. I think we don't really fully understand the freedom that Christ purchased for us. But hey, it's a journey of discovery, and I want more. Much more. So, God is at pains. He wants to ask, answer our prayers, but we have to be ready. It's like a child who wants something desperately. Daddy, I want to drive the car. I want to drive the car. Son, I know you do, but you're only four. And I'm sorry. Your legs aren't going to reach the pedals. It's not that God is resisting us, but he's saying, you need to grow. You need to be able to handle stuff. You need to be able to handle your own stuff before you can handle somebody else's stuff. And not be phased and freaked out. But he believes in us. Believes in us. He wouldn't have said all this otherwise. But it's about how do we build that foundation with us. Now, God hadn't stopped speaking. So I saw St. John's Centre and the whole thing of foundations. And God is talking to us about building a sure foundation. And then I had the privilege of going to this amazing place. Anybody know where this is? It's Warwick Castle. I highly recommend it. Uh-oh. Low battery. Um, yeah, Karin and I had the opportunity to go there. Um, save your pennies because it's dead expensive, but we got in with a bit of a bargain. We were, we were blessed. But it's quite expensive. But it's well worth a whole day for the family. Anyway, be that as it may, I'm not here as a PR rep for Warwick Castle Company Limited. Um, I was there in my mind. God took me there. Because we went up onto the battlements. I'm sorry it's a skewy picture. I didn't take it. And it doesn't really show you the, the magnificence and the heights of these things. I mean, they were awesome. Well higher than this, um, this building. Yeah. Um, and I saw the battlements and the walkways. And you can see the, the little um, crossbow bits where they would peer out and fire down arrows and everything. Against encroaching enemies. But the thing about it, as I looked, they were deserted. The walls were empty. There was nobody on them. And God began to speak to me me about watchmen and women. And if anything is true about um, a trait of the modern church probably ever since I've been born again which is a good few years prayer is the least supported activity almost whatever the word is completely couple that with the fact that prayer is the most powerful weapon we have and it only takes two or three to be honest to pray something in agreement And things will begin to shift. But, and I'm not looking at anybody. If our prayer meetings aren't attended very well, please question, why aren't you going? I'm not looking at anybody, as you can tell. And maybe you can't come at those times. But I do want to say, you need to be praying somewhere with somebody. Praying on our own is okay, that's fine, that is good, and I I want to encourage that. But praying together with people... Brings down strongholds, mighty things in our communities, our cities, our nations. And these are foundations. So if I'm looking in a very fleshly, natural way, and I'm looking at the foundation of our church, and I'm thinking "There's prayer is one of the main foundations, I'm thinking we're really weak. We are really weak. And um, years and years and years ago, Kerry Jones prophesied a mantle of prayer over the... Kerry Jones was a man of God, and he still is a man of God, I believe. He's still about, still with us, although Bryn is with the Lord, his brother. So Kerry was a man of God that um, was instrumental in establishing um, the predecessor to this congregation called City of God in Leeds or City Church Leeds. Uh, And he prophesied a mantle of prayer. I don't know whether we've ever walked in that. But I just want to say, this is where things will happen and things will change. So watchmen are on the walls, and when one shift ends, another watchman takes over in order to keep the watch, looking out for the enemies that may attack. And when spotted, the call goes out. Oh, look, there's another good picture. Sorry, we'll just go back. So you can see here, that's quite high, isn't it? And the towers go even higher. It's really scary. Spiral staircases. woo really high, you can see for absolutely miles, you can see the horizon, no, you can't see it, I can see it on mine um, but you can see a very long way from the top so, when the enemy comes hmm, ok there we go, we sound the call so it might be a warning or it might be heralding the arrival hey guys I'm for the latter. Come on. But if there was a warning, if enemies were spotted, they would call the villagers back from the fields, outside the walls, come in, get inside, get inside, we'll close the gate, put the portcullis down, pull up the drawbridge, and we're in place of safety. But what about the king is coming? Get ready, put the flags out. Let's have a party. Let's kill the fatid Whatever. So the watchmen see stuff. And I, I, I note that Gary said it was during worship. God spoke to him about a specific thing, mentioned something. And there's been many times God said something to me in worship. In that place, we were kind of, we're on the walls. When you come to worship, you're kind of on the walls. You're in that higher place. You're in that realm where you're looking, you're seeing. Things begin to move. God begins to seed things in us that will bear fruit. And we are those who are to take our place on the walls, a place that we are to frequent. We cannot say, well, we could do if we chose to. It is free choice. We cannot say we are too busy. Do you know what? If you're too busy, you're too busy not to pray. God is saying He wants us. Uh, he wants Him to be number one in our lives. We'll come back to that in a minute. No, we won't. We'll go on. So I want. Did you know? God is amazing. Anybody agree? Yeah. yeah because even though, um, excuse me. Uh, God reminded me of the St. John's Centre. Sometimes we're so dim, aren't we? <laughs> Why did he show me the St. John's Centre? Well, it wasn't just about foundations, although that was a very big part of it. It was St. John's Centre. And it just started to dawn on me. It's about St. John. And I'm sorry, yes, I put that in, because that is a place in New Zealand called St. John, which is just amazing. If you want to get to New Zealand, go. it's just beautiful. But I was thinking about this one, and I'm not sure if this is the very good photo booth of um, 50 AD or not. But I thought it was the best one I could find of him. So I'm sorry, John, if it's uh, not your likeness. But that was the best I could see. I brought out the best side of him. Um, and so I was thinking about St. John. And for me, when everybody mentions his name, I always think about, well, geez, it was the disciple that Jesus loved. I mean, he loves us all, but it was, there was obviously an, an intimacy in their relationship that was very close. And other disciples would get John to ask Jesus the question they wanted to ask, but didn't want to ask. John, John, hey, next time you're next to Jesus, just, can you just ask about, I don't know. you know, when he said that, I don't want I to ask him. You, 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 when you do it, you do it. So he had this friendship that he could ask. He had that intimacy with him. And that's what I always imagine about St. John. And I do believe that God is highlighting that for us. He's after relationship. He's after you. And you 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 and you. I'm looking at you, boy. He wants us. He wants our hearts. He wants the number one place in our heart. Yeah. Now, a little aside, James and John, or John and James, we tend to know them as James and John, were brothers. And it's believed were cousins of Jesus. And that their mum, who was the mum who said, by the way, we heard this last week because Mark based to preach on it, about on Mother's Day about, she asked Jesus, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, can I, my sons James and John, one sit on the left and one sit on the right? And I bet they argued about, I want to be on the right. No, 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 I want to be on the right. No, 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 I want to be on the right. And these were the two boys also who wanted to call fire down from heaven on the Samaritans who wouldn't let them go through. Oh, well, Jesus, can we just then, come on, can we, Call cool down fire from heaven and burn up the village. <laughs> Whoa, you don't know what spirit you're of. And incidentally, Jesus didn't say, oh, I can't walk with, in fellowship with you anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I mustn't associate with you anymore. He saw beyond that. But these boys were actually quite impetuous, quite hot-headed, and I think spoilt Because they came, it's believed, from a well-to-do family. Because Salome, their mum, supplied the ministry of Jesus. So I'm just seeing this whole context of these rather impetuous, irritating boys, I think, who were rather sort of, you know, lorded it over and a bit big-headed, a bit sort of looked down if you weren't dressed right, had no shoes on, whatever. Yet they were disciples of Jesus and something happened to John. What? A difference between one, the St. John we know of in the one that Jesus loved, and this natural John who's not the sort of guy you want to hang around because he's just... Can you get through the door, John? (laughs) And the thing is, it offers us hope. Because you might think, this is beyond me. I'm not like that. When does Jesus ever speak to me? I don't know. The thing is, transformation comes with encounter in Holy Spirit. John was, the we believe, the last to survive of the disciples and was exiled on Patmos. He received the revelation of Revelation at the end of the book of the New Testament, of the end time and all this stuff, which is hotly disputed in many camps. He wrote three love letters, didn't he? Those short little letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, which just are riven through with love when you read them. And if anything, just go and read them over and over. If you want to sort of, what, what is this love thing that God wants to develop with us? Soak in those. So the key thing there, something happened to John. Something can happen to us to change us. And I thought during the worship, God wants to take us further. God does not want us restricted to the same old, same old that's familiar and is safe. If we are willing, he will take us places. But do you know what? If you half-heartedly pray something, it's unlikely to happen. <laughs> but you never know. Jesus does take you at, at your word. But I found that it might have been a sort of, I do just dare to pray this prayer. Jesus, okay, uh, take on adventures, I'm in. Whew, nothing, nothing drastic happened, nothing, nothing terribly frightening. It was okay, okay. Jesus, um, my Christian life's getting a bit boring, actually. Um, Jesus, um, please make it exciting. Amen. A few days go by. He's not answering my prayers. He's just not listening. Jesus, I'm bored with my Christian life. Amen. Jesus, do something with my life. <laughs> what I'm trying to illustrate there is that Jesus wants to engage with us. He wants us to be real. He wants us to be filled out in our humanity before him. And just come to him. He's going to talk to you if you want to talk to him when we whisper little itty-bitty prayers, I'm not saying he doesn't hear them and there are times when that's all you can utter, he will hear. I'm trying to help you understand about a journey of growth in him because you don't realise who you are. He does, but you've got to discover who you are by breaking out of some small mindsets. He is not phased by our failure or our unconventional approach to our Christian walk. So, I'm going all the way back to the beginning of the talk where God was saying, I want to be number one. And he was saying that I'm eager to answer your prayers, but you have got to prepare the foundation so that you are ready. And I want to bring us to the point of, for each of us, What does that mean? Help me, Lord, to know, and maybe he's already been speaking, and I hope he has, about elements in your life, areas, doing things a different way, shake it up, break out of boring. You know, maybe Jesus was bored in my Christian life for 20 years until I started getting all excited about something. So what is the Lord asking you to do? What is he showing you? And interestingly, God showed me something when I was thinking about this. Well, how do we apply this, Lord? What is it that you want to say? And the number one, should we just go back to it? Whoops. Not that one. (laughs) Stop it. No. That way? That way. Oh, well. Hey! Doesn't, oh I can pick it, I can pick it Let's pick That one I said that one, there we go um, What am I saying? Yes So um, He was talking about number one And as you probably know Because I've mentioned it I'm reading through the Bible chronologically Just reading Just reading It's amazing what God says So I'm meditating upon this word. God's saying I want to be number one, and I've just finished the book of Job. And I open up and think, oh, look, book one, Psalm one, number one. Hmm, Maybe God's saying something. So if you have your Bibles, your apps, please switch on. We're going to look at Psalm one, because in here are some... Fantastic truths that can help us apply what I'm talking about to ensure that we're building a foundation that is gonna hold strong with us. So just wave at me if you found it. One, two, three, four, five, six. Any more? Any other six? Seven? Seven. Any more? Eight? Great. Eight is great. So blessed is the man. Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And I just want to mention here that this is a little bit of the context before we get to the real stuff. There is a process here. Walking. Hey, Noah, can you come and support me here? Just, yeah, yeah, you're, you're good at this. So. Blessed is he who doesn't walk, not saying, no, cast no assertions upon this young man, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay? Right? Turns, face to the front, put your hands on your ships, and does not stand, whatever it says, what does it say next? Stand in the way of, sin. the way of sinners. And then, sit down. Does not, what? Sit in the company of mockers. Stand, a walk. Thank you very much, Noah. Give him a short applause. The pr- the path to cynicism, and disdain, and mockery is just that. It's a path, and you end up sitting in it. But it's a process. You walk with wrong influences, and you'll stand. You'll become static and then you'll just go plonk down into a seat, which you need a big boot to get out of. So there's a a warning there. But that's not for us. The man who is blessed is, verse 2, that his delight is in the law of the Lord. So meaning, the word of God. Jesus is the living word. Having a delight in this, getting into this, And if you find it difficult, we can help you with schemes or whatever you call them, schedules to help you read and find what to read next. I just read it. I'm trying to do this every day, just working through, giving it due attention when I'm reading it. Sometimes it's just like... I'm reading it, and yet my mind's at work or somewhere else. And it's just the case. Sometimes it's like that. But I just keep on. I'm persisting. I'm not going to give up because when God speaks, it's life. And it goes on. It says, and in his law, he meditates day and night. And the subnote just says, to meditate is to ponder by talking to himself. So like I look at this and I think, oh, he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the path of sinners. Oh, yeah, thinking about that. I don't want to stand with sinners, not in their path, and ending up sitting down. And that's how that revelation came, because I was mulling it over. But it's not rocket science, it's all there anyway in black and white. So, verse 3, a great promise for those who give themselves to this thing. God is saying, I want to be number one in your life. Where do you place this? Because this is a divine connection between you and heaven. Men have lost their lives for us to have this in our hand. We owe it to them, at least, to give time to reading this. And this is such a supernatural book. I say it so many times. And it will change and transform your life as you get into it. And as Holy Spirit starts to communicate from the pages. Look what it says, verse 3. The man that does this, or the woman, shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Wow. I want to prosper. I want to prosper. I don't just mean financially. I want to prosper creatively. I want to prosper relationally. I want to prosper influentially. I want to prosper because it's all about the kingdom influence in every area of life. But I'll have some money on the way too. Thank you very much. But notice this. You bring forth fruit, but also your leaf does not wither. You're thinking, well, what's that got to do with me? A leaf. It reminds me of Back to the Future. There's a joke, but I won't repeat it. Curry knows which one it is. Anyway, I'll get it wrong if I try to say it, but it's... Anyway, ahead You can ask us later. So, I've lost my train of thought, but it will come back. If anybody finds it, just chuck it my way. Thank you. I'll see you later. Um, I know it wasn't that bad, but anyway. The leaves. Leaves adorn a tree. Look, you can see them on the tree, can't you? Hundreds, thousands of them naturally adorn a tree. Well, we are likened to trees in scripture trees are meant to be symbols of people humanity we are covered with leaves but are your leaves withered? have they dropped off? are there any at all? well they're meant to be okay and if you're planted by the waters your leaves will just be growing and in Revelation it talks about the leaves are for the healing of the nations You know, just what naturally happens on a tree is for healing of the nations. The normal everyday output. Healing, not only physically, but emotionally, bringing reconciliation, seeing relationships restored. That is our natural influence to be happening in this world. Bringing kingdom life. And then there's the fruit as well, but I won't go on to that. I'm conscious of time. Thank you for being patient. I shall draw it. To a quick close, I want, I want to give you some homework. Do you want homework, everybody? No. <laughs> Why ever not? I want you to go and read Job 22, chapter 20. The whole chapter. Yes, the whole chapter. Say amen if you're going to do it. Amen. Right? Yeah. By your words you are accounted, by you are acquitted or convicted. Okay, Job 22. Now in there, there is a chapter about just getting back on track with God. About what are you valuing most? And putting your so-called treasures away in the dust and making him number one, really. And it talks about some wonderful promises for the man that does that. What God will do for you. So, I've gone on long enough... And really is to leave you with thinking about how am I preparing? How am I getting ready? So one or two little questions. When and where do I find him? Because you could just do this stuff and get absolutely nothing out of it. You could go sit read the Bible. You could go sit and pray. Just feel dry as a bone. Nothing's happening. But where do you find him? That's what you need to think. Or when and where can he find me? Are we making ourselves available to him? He wants the essence of our devotion. For where our treasure is, there lies our heart. He wants our heart. He wants to be our treasure. Where do we give our best? He wants the best of our time. He wants our full attention. In this place, God wants to do a work to strengthen our foundation. Okay, I'm going to draw it to a close. I want to say uh, a short prayer probably to finish, but I also just want to say if anybody would like prayer this morning, please come and ask because it's great to be prayed for and to receive something. Um, Yeah, so thank you for being patient. Let's just um, still our hearts before Father. Father, you've spoken today words that go deep. And Father, we want to allow you to go deep in us so that the foundation of the building will stand up against any storm. We want to cooperate with you, Lord. We want to be those that know how to eat your word, to feed ourselves, to encourage one another, and to be strong together. So, Holy Spirit, we are asking you to water this word and help us to move forward so that we have strong foundations that will support those that need the grave clothes removing. And Father, and don't say amen to this unless you really mean it. And if you're going to say amen, please say it loud. (laughs) Okay. So Lord God, we, we just pray this in the name of your son, saying that we're signing on the dotted line. We want all that you have for us. And we want to yield to Holy Spirit so that we can learn and grow and see your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this sermon from Freedom Church. We'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us. Find out more about us on social media. Just search Freedom Church Leads or email us at hello at myfreedom.church.